Hello and welcome to episode three of Los Podcast Hermanos, uh, currently a Better Call Saul uh, recap discussion podcast. Uh, my name is Tyler Dumont, and I am joined with my lifelong friend, Kyle Perez. Hi, Tyler. I'm here with you in this podcast doing some talking. You were, you were talking some words into a microphone, aren't you not? Indeedly do. I also am talking some words into a microphone here on this wonderful Thursday, May 5th, 2022. Sink of the Mayo. Sink of the Mayo. Are you, I believe you're enjoying something today, aren't you? I am. I don't know if you can hear this little rattle, little, nope, it's just a sphere ice cube and a margarita, so. I, uh, I, I'm not actually having anything. Um, I'm having. Do you want to share why, Tyler? (laughs) To share why? Well, uh, this week I am on the road, uh, recording from my hotel and your mobile podcast studio my mobile podcast studio hopefully it sounds as as good as normal uh and you know getting uh drinks on demand in a in a hotel room is not the most easiest uh endeavor and it also is costly so i'm enjoying a crisp hotel paso del norte bottled water thank you very much okay okay what is that like the house? Is is that the name of the hotel you're in, or something? And then like they just have like a house brand type thing or something? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you uh, you can see this on your screen, Kyle, but you can yeah. see the little logo there. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, what have you been up to this week? Watching, reading, listening, or not at uh, all? So I've been doing I've been doing some watching actually. Hi. Oh, you're a watcher. <laughs> who watches the watchers <laughs> I, I so oh, i watched the season finale of that moon Knight show okay and most of that show was pretty good i thought and the, the finale was not bad but just it, it, it they do the big fight thing you know and just everything ends in a big fight so good to know um, i have not watched yet yeah are you still catching up on hawkeye I finished Hawkeye uh, yesterday. Oh, good. Yeah. I thought it was pretty all right. Yeah, that's one that ends in a big fight, but I feel like there's enough fighting throughout it that it felt, like, normal. Like, it made sense for the context. Yeah, and it wasn't, like, a big, like, oh, my God, the world. Like, you know, it felt very, like, like New York-centric. You know, it wasn't like the whole world was going to fall and collapse under the weight of everything happening some would say shane black's uh dream setting which is new york city christmas Christmas time (laughs) yeah 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 i was looking up just a second ago or not a second ago but the other day uh my partner was watching iron man 3 shane black's iron man 3 that's pretty good and i mentioned something about shane black and christmas movies and then i looked it up and it was only like three or four movies <laughs> but he has this reputation <laughs> for doing movies at christmas I, time i feel like three or four is enough to to be known for it you know i guess so i guess so but it, it was i i was like yeah there's so many there's like iron man 3 and kiss kiss bang bang and uh, uh. did you ever see his movie the nice guys with uh ryan gosling i didn't but that's another one 
right? Well, actually, I actually don't think it is. I was going to say, like, it's a really amazing movie. You should watch it regardless, but it would be even better if it was at Christmas time. I th- so I think it was on that list. That's why I said that. So oh, maybe there's a it, part of it. I don't know. I think it might be because it's in L.A., right? Yeah. Like, so there's it's not like snow and stuff, but I think it is in uh, December. There might be a, a point where it's like Christmas time in L.A. Uh, now right. I think about it, but you know, but that's Phil- the only thing I've been watching. Oh no, I've also been watching Dune. Ah, uh, yes. all the way through. Dune, <laughs> the movie I still haven't been able to finish. I fall, I fell asleep both times I watched it. Oh wow. Which is well, not normal have, for me. <laughs> how much of that movie have you seen? Um, I remember up to about the halfway-ish point. And somewhere along the way, I, I would wake up during a specific action sequence. Uh, and that's about it. Okay. Can I'm, you describe this action sequence? Because I don't want to... Uh, like... It was, uh, you know, basically when I'm half awake, so not really now. <laughs> Okay. It was like nighttime ish, and there was like they're outside of some like city or something. Stuff's blown up. Uh, yeah, sure. Does Dune, Josh Dune, Brolin Dunes go, are happening? Does Josh Brolin go like we're gonna do it for this guy? Let's go kill people. I vaguely remember some sort of rallying cry. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, you know that that movie I think is really good. Like, I'll take, a, I'll take a brave stance here. That is a full-throated endorsement of Dune. Uh, but I've been I, the thing that was interesting about watching it is like I'm not I haven't watched it like all the way through. Okay, I've been watching it in like these like little chunks and segments, uh-huh. and I'm pretty far into it now. I let's see. I, I got to the part where uh, I can't remember her name, but Rebecca Ferguson ferguson uh, is that right no idea the the lady from mission impossible um, um not sure the okay anyway <laughs> her her and her son timothy Shyamalan. ah okay uh, gotcha uh yes i know i said his name wrong but uh tell us we're wrong at letters at podcastermanos.com los podcastermanos.com yeah we'll get right to reading those on the air when we get them <laughs> Uh, but they're on the like the helicopter thing or whatever that thing's called, orthothopter or something like. <laughs> sure, why not? Right, like don't it, ask me. <laughs> you know, it's it's like sci-fi helicopter with dragonfly wings. Whatever, it's it's cool. Like that yeah. that movie's just cool. Like there's a lot of cool design in that movie, and the actual plot of it, I'm getting more of it this time seeing it because mm-hmm. the first time I watched it, it was very like. I don't know, hard to kind of like parse it because there was so much just like like grandiose like like these huge just larger than life shots and stuff and it's just like big, it's loud, like like a lot of low rumbly like rrr. there's literally a guy singing like yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> there's a lot of plot happening in that movie. Let's just say that. Yeah, but it's very it's not I think because it is an early sci-fi thing mm-hmm. it's it's not complex in a way that no. is like hard to follow it's just a lot of it and there's a lot of like this family and this family are fighting because of this family and that family and yeah you know 
It, it, what, are, it, what, what are the politics happening here? And on it's like, its I don't know. I don't base care. level, it is uh, fairly straightforward, I would say. Yes. Um, <laughs> all I know is the first time I tried to watch it, I got to that part where there's that weird creature that seems like it's out of a fever dream. <laughs> yeah, and I literally just went looked at the TV and went, ah, nope. <laughs> and <laughs> it was like, I have to try again another day. <laughs> Because I was like super tired, but yeah, yeah. Um, as far as me and watching things, I have been. Well, I've been keeping up with the Good Place, which uh, I really, yeah. really liking, and I also started a show called Slow Horses on Apple TV Plus, starring That's Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, yeah, okay, okay, and it... it's really good. What I don't know anything about it other than it's got Gary Oldman in it and it's called Slow Horses and it looks like it might be a period piece question. No, mark. it's okay. uh modern times okay. uh involving a department within MI five, uh which, you know, for those who don't know, is I guess part of the intelligence uh and the secret services of the uh United Kingdom. Um but Slough House is the name of the actual department and basically it's a place where all the rejects go and it's a story of how they get involved in a conspiracy without knowing it and they're the slow horses is it like a comedy of airs type thing or like they, they're in it and then all of a sudden they've got to like find their way out and it's like played straight or something well I've only seen like three episodes so far but it, it's played all straight like there are comedic little like British humor moments, but it's very like dramatic and and kind of dark at times. Okay, just okay. depends. Yeah, is Gary Oldman British? Yeah, is Gary Oldman is he actually like, British in, in the real life in the, in the real world? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Oh, good to know. So he doesn't have to do an accent. He's just himself. He's just regular old Gary Oldman. He's very his character is very like brash and just like doesn't give a fuck at all. Even so much so, there's a literal scene where he's talking to a superior, serious conversation, dead of night, and then he just lets one rip, and is like, <laughs> oh, sorry about that, and she's like, oh, Jesus, and they go right back to talking about whatever they're talking about, and I'm like, really? <laughs> That's that British humor for you. Uh, sure, why not? You know, they're they're known for their fart jokes, right? I guess. They're not. They're not. I don't. That'd be an I American mean... style, right? I, I gotta be honest with you, Tyler. I don't really like British humor for the most part. You what, mate? That was my I, British I think accent. You just, did you just do a British racism? <laughs> Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the the uh, what's the Big Ben? That's Big Ben striking five, and all the people in the UK have to go grab a pint. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Please don't uh, write in. I, I highly doubt anyone from the UK is going to hear this, but if you ever do, just know. I'm just taking the piss, right? I've seen our analytics, Tyler. I don't know if there's anybody even listening to this. <laughs> no one can be too sure. <laughs> Squarespace, for some reason, thinks we have like 500 and something subscribers, but uh, our website visits say uh, it's me and you. And I mean, <laughs> who actually goes to a website, right? They could just be in their apps. Or listen. You, know, you got a point. I don't know how it tracks those website visit things or whatever, but I, I assumed that someone assu- like submitting 
or submitting subscribing to our podcast would count as like a ping on our website but i guess it probably doesn't no why would it yeah it's only if someone actually was like i'm gonna go to los Pollos, whatever the name is <laughs> at, at ourpodcast.com yeah right <laughs> Well, on that note, what do you say we uh, discuss the episode of the hour? Well, yeah. Okay, wait. I want to... Yes. But I want to say one thing first. Go right ahead. So, when I went to go watch this episode, I was confused because it was literally... It said, like, you know, Better Call Saul, episode three. <laughs> I was just like, what is... what? Is there not a name for this episode? Oh, so okay. Like like on the AMC Plus app, which oh, okay. we garbage. could talk about how <laughs> garbage that app is, but I don't know if it would really matter. But anyway, it's hard. It's impossible to find anything. And I click on Better Call Saul, and it starts playing like episode one. And then I'm like, I go and click on something else that's Better Call Saul, and it's playing episode two. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, what episode? Like, where am I picking an episode? There's no... Like, it's just... I remember uh, it being spectacularly awful, just even trying to find the show page. Yes. To like, it, you literally just have to, like, go to, like, where the picture is, where it's advertising it. There's no search. I, I didn't see where that was. I had to go to, like, the shows area, and then I had to, like, scroll. And I don't think it was in the bees for some reason. Like, I don't know. Like, it was toward the bottom of the show queue. And I was... Uh, it's a bad app. We're it's gonna bad app. we're gonna tag AMC when we post this and on like Twitter. Let's call them out. Redesign your yeah. app, AMC. And then, and then the movie theater is gonna be upset with us. You should probably, <laughs> you should probably, uh, yeah, yeah. But it'll get mixed up, and then all of a sudden, local <laughs> podcasts do a wages war against the largest theater, theater chain. chain in the nation. <laughs> all right. I think we're ready okay. to I begin. I think I blew off some steam, yeah. Our, let's go. Uh, if you're satiated enough. <laughs> I, I, no, I'm not, but let's go. We're here to talk about what is technically the uh, fourth episode of season six of Better Call Saul. Uh, I want to say it is called Not a Rock in a Hard Place, because that was last time's. Uh, but No, was it like Monster or something? something monster? About a monster? No Monster. I'm looking it up now. It is called Hit and Run. That's almost like a monster. <laughs> monster energy drink, maybe. <sighs> drink them up. Yeah, on that note, <laughs> we open the episode uh, by viewing a neighborhood couple who is uh, very gossipy riding bikes around their neighborhood. How dare they paint that house red? Would you say it's a, a fire engine red? Or maybe a uh, uh, crayon red. <laughs> yeah. I can't quite remember. <laughs> yeah. But we see them, and, you know, we, we get the picture right away that they like to talk about their neighbors, even down to the point of, like, well, no, that house is over in, like, Sherman Oaks, or whatever the name of the neighborhood was. Oh, yeah. Like, this like, one begins the on the street, so, such and such, yeah. Yeah, like, technically this neighborhood is part of... Yeah, like goes to this area, right? Because remember yeah. the the, you know, the Petersons had the whole thing with their petunias. Like, yeah, there's a history was. there. Um, yeah, and as they go into their home after their bike ride, they uh, discover not they discover we discover that there are some armed uh, 
guards or, or soldiers, it would seem, in their house, and they basically ignore them and act like they're not even there. Yeah, which is I okay. That's you're like okay, so they know about these people. Obviously, they're not just like invisible to them. But the thing that really like stood out to me is the couple uh i forgot the lady's name but she starts getting some iced tea or whatever and then the guy behind the console with all the screens is like do you are you having like is that tea can i get some and she's like yes absolutely but the way he's asking it didn't seem like (laughs) it did not seem that he was working for her to me uh so i i immediately kind of like Mm-hmm. my my ears were kind of up at this scene like something 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 weird is going on and i think it's going to be weirder than it actually ends up being yeah and i think what it what is the uh the main like exclamation mark of this sequence is when she walks into that room with all of the the television screens and the surveillance you clearly see that it's gus's house and I mean, for those who remember what his house even looks like from, from Breaking Bad, because uh, it's, it's not really featured that prominently, but, you know, for those who, who do recognize that, the question then is like, oh, are they spying on Gus? And, you know, we, we have that answer given to us later on towards the end of the episode. Um, yeah, I, I did not pick up that it was Gus's house, only because the only thing I remember from Gus's house from Breaking Bad is when he's cooking. Yeah. Uh, in his kitchen and then Walter White's like outside or whatever. Yeah. And it also like kind of um, raises new context on one of the breaking bad scenes when, when Walt is like, I think going to go like shoot Gus and yeah. it's stopped as he's walking up. You know, we don't know how they saw him, but he right. gets a phone call from Mike saying, don't go any further. And well, Presumably have. he was in this little safe house thing with all the TVs. Or had someone monitoring for him. Well, yeah, like I, I think, you know, Gus had his whole setup happening. Yeah, and like whoever was watching this, this TV screens goes, "Yo, he's gonna do it. Get him to stop. Call Mike." <laughs> yeah, and real quick before we leave that topic, a little interesting fun fact we learned. Uh, by listening to the Insider podcast, is that the neighborhood gossip couple uh, are actual? Uh, they're actually a couple. Yeah, they're actually a couple in real life, which is kind of funny. I don't know if they're both actors. Or they just like, yeah, let's just do this. Did they just see him walking down the street and they like flagged yeah. him in? They're like, hey, come audition for our the couple we need. <laughs> like whatever it was. Yeah, it seems like a fun Sunday, right? Yeah. Like I'm yeah. bored. We're retired. Let's let's go star in the the prequel to one of the best shows ever. Um, but after that, I don't know if you can see my my next note here. I do. I got um, it. We got a transition away from that uh, after the title uh, sequence to seeing uh, Howard Hamlin at the what we come to find is a psychiatrist's office or yes. psychologist. We're not sure. Um, and at first I remember being like, who's he talking to? And this dude's just like, I'm not an investor. I don't, I don't care about your, you know, bragging about your company. Yeah. But he starts, uh, asking him how things are. And you come to realize when Howard 
brings up how his wife and him are doing that oh like this is someone that is not involved with him in a business sense right yeah and it's the first time you kind of ever see him be anything other than like his like super super like closed off like professional self yeah calculating uh, yeah and even then he he's still kind of like <laughs> he does not seem like a person who's opening up i'll say yeah like not not fully anyway yeah it's not like you see him like breaking down there on the couch like yeah he's still just like oh things are are good you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um but it leads to probably one of my favorite sequences of this whole episode. <laughs> this is so good and dumb. Uh, as he's recounting, you know, a dream he had, it immediately trans- transfers to this shot from behind of a guy who's wearing a suit that looks just like his, similar hair, <laughs> etc. And you, you at first think like, oh, is this like a, a dream sequence that we're showing? Right. Or being shown? And we come once we see that he, it's it's Jimmy, <laughs> good old slipping Jimmy, good old slipping Jimmy in a very poorly done uh, spray tan and so good. wig that kind of looks like Howard's hair, right? And you know we we see that something is afoot. <laughs> Clearly, there's a schema happen. Yeah, and, and it kind of plays into. You know, the previous episodes when they had to run this whole scheme of getting the keys to his car and we didn't know why. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of plays out and we see that what not exactly what's going on, but we, we, we're kind of along for the ride to see what the scheme is. And it is pretty funny because we go uh, to the old hotel. What is that hotel called? Do you remember what that hotel is called? Oh. No. But it's, you know, the same one from Breaking Bad that you see multiple times throughout. Uh, I think you first see it when Jimmy, or not Jimmy, uh, Jesse is like hiding out there for some reason, like after they first cook or something. Yeah, it's either that or when, um, uh, what's, uh, Hank, that's his name. Uh-huh. <laughs> when Hank takes Walt Jr. there, because they think that Walt Jr.'s uh, smoking weed, and he's like, "You see this? <laughs> this is what your future is if you keep on keep on down this path." Don't they also try to get him laid by like getting him uh, or something? <laughs> no, he just he has uh, a character that is featured in this episode, uh, as he affectionately calls Wendy. Wendy, um, come up to the car, and he's like. Yeah, you see this? Smile for me, Wendy. And, you know, obviously her teeth are all messed up from being a meth head. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, you see that? Ah, oh, God. <laughs> like right in front of her. Yeah. It's just such bad, crass humor. Um, but that's that's the hotel. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> that's a long way of getting there. Yeah. Um, and we we come to see, oh, this is a hotel we recognize. And... Uh, this is Jimmy pulling up in his stolen Howard car. Yeah, and you know, picking up Wendy, I think is the kind of yes the key the key part of the scene that is just kind of like what is happening here? Because he like, like what... he pulls up, gets out of the car, and immediately lays on the horn. Yeah, and then you see her like 
you know, stripper heels. I'm, the, I'm and, getting no root beer. <laughs> stripper heels walk up and he's, you know, come on, let's go. She's like, but I have to get my root beer. And he's like, I'll yeah. just buy you as many root beers as you want. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess the next scene is Kim and Cliff, Clifford Maine meeting, right? Yes. Uh, so as part of the scheme, uh, after Wendy is picked up, uh, we realize that, you know, Kim is, is specifically sitting, setting up her chair uh, such that she has a good vantage point of the scheme that's about to unfold. Right, right. Yeah, and they it's, a, it's kind of, is it intercut with uh, Jimmy and Wendy kind of like coming to a stop somewhere to... Uh, yes. To like wait for some kind of text, you know? Yeah. And uh, I guess, what is, Cliff gives some sort of like uh, story about, was it his son or something? Having a drug problem? uh yeah tangentially it's it's i think it's um kim basically trying to sell him on the idea of some like legitimate pitch that she has like you don't really know at the time right because she's doing all this pro bono work for you know uh for people um as a as a just a criminal defense lawyer i think she like wants to actually develop something focusing in on that with his help and that's what spurs him to reveal well, as you know, my son yeah. drug problem, et cetera. Right. That's why I care. Gotcha. Which I don't, I can't decide whether or not that that is like part of their scheme. Like they wanted to wait till that was brought up to then have this scheme happen in front of him, so, to, linking back to Howard's like his memory of being told about Howard's drug problem, or if that's just like you know he he revealed it and that might be used later. <laughs> I. Yeah, no, I mm, go like fast forwarding a little bit there on kind of what we're talking about when they're talking, like when they're in the uh, bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't they they say something about him spilling the beans on his son or something, right? So like Jimmy then knows about it. I can't. Am I am I, am I making remember. that up? I think you might be. <laughs> okay, I I, f- I feel like that was the conversation, but I would have to go back and watch it again. But yeah, I mean. We we see the um, the scheme being pulled off. I keep keep using. How many times can I use the word scheme? Scheme, 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 scheme. Schemey scheme. Um, we see uh, you know uh, Kim sending him the text message, uh, and Jimmy <laughs> disguised as Howard in Howard's car with the Namaste license plate, uh, burn rubber right in front of them sitting outside, and throwing out Wendy, <laughs> yeah. and driving off. And she's like, oh, you stupid person like that. You owe me money. That's exactly what she said. Wendy makes a scene. She she earns her money. She earns her root beer. (laughs) Yes. And of course, Cliff buys it, uh, you know, line and sinker. He's he's like, is that Howard? And then Kim has to be like, I don't know. It it all happened so fast. (laughs) My stars. It happened so fast. (laughs) <laughs> well gee willie <laughs> which then plays into what you're talking about the next scene where they're they're talking about it in bed yeah i mean they talk about a lot of stuff in in that bed scene classic mm. eating on the bed scene eating on the bed which is gross you should never eat on a bed it's disgusting people <laughs> breakfast in bed never 
Not a once. <laughs> Imagine spilling your cereal. Imagine. Everything would get sopping wet. <laughs> With milk. With milk of all things. <laughs> it gets but if, stinky. But if you have a tray, you're good. You're safe. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've had, I've had breakfast in bed a handful of times, and I've never been like, this is my preferred way to eat this meal. I, listen, I've eaten food in beds before. It's not my preferred way to eat food. It's not like period. <laughs> you have no back support. You're just like slouching on some pillows with some chips. Yeah. Or whatever it may be. God, crunchy, crunchy food that crumples and crinkles is the worst too. Because then you get crumbs in the bed and then you're sleeping on it's, crumbs. Yeah. Then you have the knowledge of being a crumb, a crumbed guy. A, cr- a crummy person. <laughs> that was good. That no. was really good. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about like recap for me the conversation in this bed because uh, well I don't remember it quite I don't think correctly and for those of you listening I remember things a tad more clearly because I usually try and rewatch the episode like close to when we're recording unlike the slacker Kyle here but that's right I'm a crummy person <laughs> but we did uh, make sure to sync up and, and watch a bit of it uh, before this one but um. They are, you know, basically telling each other each side of that scheme and what happened. And it ends up just being like a a comedy routine of of Jimmy describing how when he had to return uh, Howard's car, someone had taken the spot that he (laughs) had put a cone in to reserve it. And he had to pull up that sign. Yeah, we kind of (laughs) skipped over that part. Yeah, Yeah. that scene. Which was incredible uh incredibly hilarious because when howard finally leaves that that sign just falls right over yeah um, and he is just insanely angry that someone would move a cone meanwhile he is pulling off this huge scheme count them how many was it right <laughs> but you know like it's just he's someone moves a cone and he's the one out here like stealing a car and like putting on this huge show completely uh not self-aware yeah um but he's regaling that story and you know making her laugh and and she's loving it right and i saw someone somewhere like take a screen grab of that and comparing it to like a few seasons ago when he's describing one of his earlier schemes that he did Mm-hmm. And I remember at that time when she's trying to take off her Mesa Verde career and she's like, okay, but I can't, I can't hear about this anymore. And then you contrast yeah. that to now and yeah. it's like night and day. Yeah. Although are we forgetting some, like, did we, did we skip over the part where I think you might've said it real quick about the people tailing her. That's like, hasn't happened yet. Well, doesn't that happen before the bed scene? No, it happens after the bed scene. Yeah. Oh, because it was the Wendy part. That's how she got the... Because the part I'm thinking of uh, yeah, is yeah. When, in bed when they're asked. She's like, oh, do you ever feel like you're being followed? Uh, okay. And then he says... Yeah, so we skipped over the Wendy, Wendy yeah. car tailing her Look at part. us not even looking at our notes. I know. It's just <laughs> skipping all around. It's right there. I see it. Yeah. Kim gives Wendy card. Sorry, Kim gives Wendy her card for future legal representation. Notices someone tailing her, which is is what then perks her ear up later on yeah. in that bed conversation. Yes, and then the reason why I bring it up in that way is because I want to make sure we hit it because the quote that he says to her 
The, mm-hmm. Do you know? Do you have it off the top of your Let's head? See can if you I just... can spot it off. I've uh, got it written down. So uh, only the wicked flee when followed, or something. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. Ah, and then she responds, "You think we're wicked? Do you wicked? think we're wicked? Yeah." Which I mean, that's a good. Like, it's a good response, and like to be honest with you, uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> what the wicked flee when no man pursueth? Like, I. Like, I get it. But I also don't. But yeah, because, like, I don't see what... Why would they like, flee if no man's pursuing? Like, like me Because they're guilty? Back, well, yeah. But, like, me thinking back to the scene, like, Kim wasn't really fleeing. No. You know? So for her to, like, then turn around and say, do you think we're wicked? And also, yeah. for, him to, for him to even, like, bring it up, it... We'll kind of talk about this. Is like the first little inkling I have of like my your theory, uh, my theory of ha- like what happens to Kim in the end okay. of just kind of like something happening between them. So okay, more to come on that, I assume. Yeah, we'll talk about that towards the end of the podcast. But I do want to mention the great uh, retort that Jimmy fires back after she asks that. Do you think we're wicked? And he goes, Nah. But you're a wicked hot. Wicked hot. He does like a, a really bad Boston, Boston accent. accent like I just did. <laughs> Which is so stupid. Yeah. But also I... in character. Right. All right. Where well, do we go from here? After that scene, um, we have this whole um, sequence of Jimmy going to the courthouse. Mm, right. Um, and we notice that things are a little bit different uh, from him trying to go through the metal detector uh, to him trying to give a beanie baby to the legal clerk that he's always uh, uh, bribing, if you will. And even to the uh, other, I guess, um, lawyer who is yeah. always in that office. Yeah. They're all shunning him or basically just acting like, he's the worst person on earth and he's just like uh, guys what it's me yeah and you know i i asked you about it because like i remember this happening but i don't remember quite why and <laughs> it's pretty clearly laid out in that stairwell scene when he's just kind of like you know you're basically <laughs> working like there, what did he say there's one thing to like protecting your client or like working for your client and there's one thing for like basically like setting him free back out into the world like this like murderous like dude yeah i mean this is uh, all them assuming i don't know that they have any proof but it's gossip right and i mean they even he even questions it too he's like it's like you you can't prove it and then he's like or he just <sighs> says prove it he yells at him well well yeah but then he says something about like you can you don't know it, but you would have to prove it or something. Mm-hmm. And then he's, he has like this retort. Oh, I wish I had it written down, okay. but he says like, he's like, there's knowing it. And then there's like, like knowing it. Then there's know. knowing like, it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like know something. for sure, but I know for sure. Yeah. But basically saying he's like, there's not, there's not like hard proof to prove it, but like everybody knows dude. Yeah. Which it's interesting to see, you know, for, for, everyone involved in that system who's all about innocent until proven guilty. And, and I'm sure has seen, you know, clients being railroaded, uh, unjustly, 
they're mm-hmm. so quick to just be like, no, this is the thing I heard that that's what happened and we're going to shun you. Yeah. I mean, he does have a history with all these people too, of just kind of like being a dealer, being, kind of, being a schemer. Yeah, being, yeah. So I think everybody's at their wits end, Yeah, but I want to talk about the beanie baby. Let's talk about a beanie baby in the year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> I looked it up to see how much that Beanie Baby would get sold for mm-hmm. here in 2022. It was $5. <laughs> Five measly bucks. You could have yourself an owl that wants to graduate. Is that what it was? Yeah. And, and so something I noticed on the Beanie Baby that I saw, like on the internet, it was a graduating owl of class 20, uh, 2004. <laughs> oh, because so, I, I remember that is when this timeline is. At this point, I'm I I was gonna say because like I, I don't know where in the t- like I don't know when Breaking Bad is technically is supposed to happen. If it's supposed to happen when it aired, yeah. Well, it, so it started in I want to say two thousand and eight. Okay, it's eight. Okay. I was gonna say seven. Um, but it apparently only took place over supposedly like two years, even though it was like you know five years six six years worth yeah um and i remember seeing something earlier this season that indicated it was 2004 currently in in better call Saul. okay but was it 2008 at the start of breaking bad yeah yeah okay okay because that's when the show started right I, i just wasn't sure if it was like concurrent or if it was just like for some reason we started in 2005 oh no no I, I want to say that may have been a plot point about like the recession and that's why like Walt had to work two jobs and was such a sad sack at that first season. Gotcha. I don't know. What were his two jobs? He was at the teacher, obviously. A teacher and a car wash, man. But the car wash. At the, at the, I mean, wait. The fuck you and your eyebrows. <laughs> no. The yeah. first episode. Uh, was that the first episode? Yes. Because oh, he, he finds out he has cancer and then he goes to work at the car wash. Right. Man. And, okay, man. I, I know way too much about this show. Why do I? Because, I, I mean, obviously I remember <laughs> the car wash from, like, much later in the series. Yeah, yeah. It it's yeah, involved like... in the money laundering. Spoilers yeah. for Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> for anyone listening. <laughs> um, but it's they only pick <laughs> Spoilers it. for Better Call Saul, too. Jeez. Come on, Tyler. They only pick it. Because, because of the history, of the history there, it's believable, and I, yeah, I, I do love how like Skyler rightly is is like no, like this would make sense for you to buy, and he's like, no, Skyler, you don't understand. We have to. It's like, <laughs> no, this actually would make sense, you idiot. Right. But yeah, um, that takes us to uh, the scene of Kim at. The diner. We, we come to realize during the season that she is seeing her pro bono clients since they no longer have an office that they share. She sees them at the El Camino Diner, mm-hmm. which apparently is a real diner and, uh, a, and a real movie in the Breaking Bad universe. Exactly. So that's you know I wonder if they knew that when they titled the movie. But well, it was a long time ago when I watched that movie. Mm-hmm. Now it seems, but. Uh, isn't it just called El Camino because he escapes in an yes, El Camino? That, that's literally <laughs> like, it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, who knows? Like, yeah. I mean, they could have called it anything regardless of what he escaped in, right? Right. 
So I, I want to believe there's some connection there. And she uh, finally is realizing uh, that there's always this car that is outside, either you know anywhere she's been for that past day or so. And she goes out to confront them. And I remember them being just like, hello, ma'am, we're sorry if, you know, we're not doing anything. We're sorry if you, that you feel that way when she confronts yeah. them. And she threatens to call the police. And I got to call out the passenger guy there because he reminds me so much of the dude from Barry. Anthony Kerrigan. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to mention that when we were, wa- when we were just now watching it. Uh-huh. That all, I saw all these people being like, oh, is that Noho Hank? Uh-huh. And it's like, no, I mean, kind of looks like him, but it's it's not him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it. <laughs> Which, by the way, you need to keep I up need to, on Barry. I, I need to catch up in season two, because at some point I stopped watching in season two, not because I thought it was bad, but no. just it, life got in the way and I never went back to it. Like, I was ready, because these shows are kind of airing around the same time, and I was ready to just be like, oh, I'm fully attentive toward uh, Better Call Saul more so than Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of B shows, by the way. Um, and you better break calling you, you Saul better, better Barry. Better break Barry. <laughs> but this second episode of Barry that like just aired on Sunday, <laughs> let's just say uh-huh. it's real dark. I mean that show is just incredible. The darkest dark, it's and... ever been. Like I couldn't almost couldn't believe it, but then it still managed to be funny at the same gotcha. time. It it straddles that line so well. Um but Kim goes out to talk to them. Uh she gets them to leave and continues on and we uh basically don't see her again uh until uh a few scenes later. Um yeah which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but for now we transfer back to, um, Jimmy, uh, I believe eating lunch at the courthouse and he, because it, like this, I loved this shot of like, he's eating lunch alone and he like looks back at a table of lawyers or, or whoever, or like having fun and joking around. And like, it's like a school lunch cafeteria. Well, did you pick up when that shot first opens, he like moves his, uh, briefcase or whatever, to the other seat so that the pe- person can like join him and they just walk on by. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they go sit at that other table. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just so like elementary school or high school, yeah. but it, it further goes to show how much people there are not wanting to associate with him. How much of an outcast he has become. Indeed. <laughs> and he gets a phone call. Um, at which point, it's a lot of phone calls. It's a lot of phone calls in rapid succession. Uh, and we realize that word is getting out about his affiliation with the Salamanca family and what yep. he did for Lalo. Which Indeed he did. Kind of wondering, like, it seems like awfully uh, convenient timing that they all got word of this and they're all calling him at the same time. Yeah, I mean, yes. And also... <laughs> If you're a criminal, right, like, do you want to have the same lawyer as the cartel? Like, right. Wouldn't do you, you wanna actually have, want that? Wouldn't you want to, you know, have deniable plausibility or whatever it's called? Plausible deniability. That's the word. <laughs> I, I mean, not even, not even from that perspective, but like mm-hmm. if someone is working for the cartel, mm-hmm. 
they're probably going to be pretty tied up with the cartel, you would think, right? <laughs> like, do you really want... To... Right. Do you even want to, like, yeah. to dip your toe even within an inch of that uh, in any right. way? Um, yeah. But these are the criminals of Albuquerque we're talking about. The brightest crayons in the box. The brightest, bright red crayons. Oh, I see what you did there, sir. Yeah. That's a callback. It's a callback. <laughs> Eagle-eared listeners <laughs> might might realize that. But yeah, we get uh, he sends them all to his his old office at the uh, uh, nail salon, or yep. whatever. And uh, <laughs> he walks in, and they're all like, all these <laughs> crazy characters are in the nail salon, and they're not all there for manis and petties. <laughs> Let's just say they're not there for your routine spa care. They're there to meet a guy named Saul Spooge. Goodman. Spooge. Oh, come on. They were there to meet a guy named Spooge? That doesn't make I, sense, Kyle. I, I know, I know. I thought you were going to go for Spooge, though. <laughs> well, Kyle, do you want to introduce the next <laughs> bullet point? Spooge! That was fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to give you an award. What is it? Is it a Purple Heart? Yes, that is what we give Purple Hearts for. In I'll the military. steal that valor. <laughs> that spooge valor. Yeah. Oh, that sounds bad. Well, why is this person named? Well, actually, we don't even really know why he's named Spooge as a nickname. But you, you need to tell us about Spooge because I had to ask you. I'm like, Spooge seems like an important dude, and like I don't remember him at all. And you told me, don't, and I think you should tell the audience. Don't put disrespect on Spooge's name. He, There's no disrespect. No disrespect. <laughs> he uh, just my own in, my own ignorance. He in Breaking Bad. Uh, There's an episode in like season two or something where uh, it's just when when Jesse is like, I can be the guy who does our distribution, and I have these friends who are going to help me. And uh, one of the friends, I want to say it's Skinny Pete. He gets held up by some of the the customers, if you will. One of which is Spooge, and the other is his wife. And so they hold him up and steal his money, and that word gets back to Jesse and Walt, and Walt is like, you need to handle this for our reputation. And so Jesse goes to the, their house, and they're not there, uh, and we have that whole episode where um, he looks after their son, who's basically mute. He's silent the entirety of that episode. But it's just like the saddest episode where you see this kid just living in squalor. And, yeah. uh, you know, the uh, uh, climax of that episode results in Spooge and his wife coming in, them arguing, and eventually her smashing his head with an ATM machine. His head getting splooged. <sighs> that was too... Too Graphic. good for me to even mention. <laughs> I can't even give it an honorable mention. It was, I'm using the phrase "good" because that's. <laughs> I just. Are I re- you okay, Tyler? I'm refused to give you my my full disgust. <laughs> Not necessarily even at the word choice, but just at the the dad jokeness of it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great, all around. But but he's there in in the massage parlor. Yep. And um wanting legal counsel. Wanting to be represented. And he even he even says to uh 
you're Salamanca's guy. Yeah, you're the guy. You're the Salamanca's guy, right? At which point, you know, Jimmy's realizing, like, oh, am I getting getting in over my head here? But that feeling isn't clear to anybody, and he, he <laughs> moves past it and mm-hmm. decides, uh, I'm going to take all these people. Yep. And... Uh, he once he kind of meets uh, you assume he's kind of meeting with everybody right yeah but we it, it's all done off screen so you know we we go to the next scene where uh kim finishes up with one of her clients and goes to pay her bill at the el camino diner mm-hmm. and uh who does she meet her look who does she meet Kyle? shut up shut up i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i'm gonna just, i'm gonna tell it okay so she she looks out the corner uh, out the corner out of the window back out towards where she uh, had scared off the guys in the car and you just hear someone go they're they're gone or they're not there or whatever in his gravelly voice I was going to say can, can, can you do a, a mic impression no <laughs> you're right <laughs> I told you the only semblance I can even like uh, try to do one is whenever I think about the last episode in Breaking Bad where uh, Walt like is talking to Elliot and and what's her name the the couple that he was involved with when they formed Gray Matter. Anyway, he's talking to them and he says something about like if you're gonna go if you're gonna go that way you're gonna need a bigger knife. Like he says it in such a way that it's just like. Uh, Mike. Yeah, no, I mean, that character has such a delivery of like, I'm so over this shit. I will <laughs> like do whatever it is that I need to do to get you out of your shit. He he's people have often wondered why is he so like basically invincible aside from the fact that we know his his fate in Breaking Bad. But I think it's also because he's just willing to put his head down and old man his way through everything. And everyone is like, all right, old man. Right? Yeah. He, he, I think he knows his age and he plays it. But he's there in the diner and introduces himself to Kim. And this is the first time he and Kim have met each other in the entire series. Yeah, which when, when, it, when it happened, I was like, I thought to myself, I'm like, they don't really get many scenes together. I'm like, do they get any scenes together? Any scenes together, yeah. Yeah, and then listening to the Insider podcast, they they mentioned that, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I, <laughs> like, there's a reason why I was, like, kind of, like, you know, thinking that in my head. Yeah. And uh, some way or another, uh, the conversation that they have leads to him telling Kim that Lalo is still alive, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can see that kind of the horror in her eyes at first. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I some I want to jump ahead just a little bit because I'm really excited about this. Okay, because we when that happens, she when when Mike tells uh, her that Lala's still alive, and they kind of have that moment of like, oh shit, or she does. Mm. Uh, she then turns to him and he, she's like why are you telling me this? Uh-huh. Like, why aren't you telling Saul, uh-huh. you know? And it reminded me immediately of that scene where Suzanne is telling her. Oh, uh, from like an episode or two ago. Yeah. And so that's like, like hint number two for my like little wedge theory. Okay. Um, 
that like she's kind of getting clued into the fact that like Saul is always in over his head and not like she's going to have to be there to like uh do something to help him out keep things uh stable like yeah keep it from spiraling full and also you know realizing uh, on the other end of it regardless of of Jimmy's involvement and his his legal uh you know repercussions that this guy's a dangerous guy, Lalo, and if he's still alive, he might have. They might still be in danger. Right. Yeah. But she wonders why she's being told this from Mike, and he tells her, which is such a good line that he believes that she is made from quote sterner stuff. Yeah, and like that's literally something that I wrote down while we were rewatching it, and I see that you've got it in the notes. Mm-hmm. In quotes, so. It, Clearly, we both thought that was a good line. I love that just because, you know, they have such good writers on the show, but you feel like mm-hmm. they could have used any phrase there that means something similar. But yeah. it's so specific and per- I feel like perfectly describes her character and, and like why she's viewed in high regard by Mike. Yeah. And I mean, we were just talking, was it our last episode about like how well she's written? Yes, exactly. You know, and like, you know, just immaculately written as a character and executed perfectly. Mm-hmm. So just everything about her character is excellent. And I would fully agree. Um, and I don't remember quite how it ends. I, I just know that, well, I do remember uh, that Mike, you know, he gets up to leave and she says like, hey, I know you. And yeah. he's like, I don't think you do. And I think, you know, she says, you know, you're the guy who's working the parking booth at the courthouse. Yep. And he says, I used to be. And walks out the door. Yep. And who knows? Maybe I wonder if they'll meet up again. Like, or maybe he's just this this wanderer who just told information and is like, I'm going to go off into the sunset if, according as far as she's concerned yeah not, it's funny you say that because it kind of reminds me of uh uh what's that the big lebowski scene with uh sam elliott i've seen that At movie the once uh you need to see that movie again because it's 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 quite good i have it somewhere i bought it for like 10 bucks yeah john uh totoro yeah isn't it you know yeah because i know we just watched severance yeah and quickly becoming one of my favorite actors between that severance and he's in something else oh he's in the the batman Batman. yeah i was like holy crap this guy's everywhere (laughs) when when he popped in my partner and i looked at each other and we just were like (laughs) just you know like kind of gave each other the eyes of like that's the guy because you had seen severance before you watched the batman yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we. Yeah. I was gonna say we waited until it came on HBO to watch the to partake. Yeah, I've seen it a few times now, and uh, I, I do enjoy it. I think we discussed it in our last episode, though. It was one of them for sure. I know we've talked about it. <laughs> Here is your two hundred and fifty eighth take on the Batman, dear listener. It's okay. I like it a lot damn straight it's fully endorsed by 
Los Podcast Hermanos and affiliates. <laughs> we have affiliates? Someday. Okay. We'll be able to look back <laughs> on this on top of our, our billions. Our Breaking Bad stacks of cash. Yeah. Our our Huel laying across the money. <laughs> the the, uh, the gotta do it. I gotta do it. <laughs> um, stack of cash. Yeah. Um, all right. So after that scene uh, ends, uh, we transition to Gus uh, arriving at his house, and you might th- and we already alluded to this at the beginning of the of our episode here today, but. You might think, oh no, he's being watched. Like something's going to happen because we don't know who those people are. Right. We uh, go into one of my favorite parts uh, of an episode of this whole series, uh, which is this like one shot montage, almost one shot, um, of him like basically starting to get undressed at his house. And that's important because we get to see, oh, he always wears a bulletproof vest. Uh, yeah. Which. So I think it's kind of kind of funny not in like a I'm not trying to like huh. diss on Giancarlo uh but uh you know I just watched some video on YouTube where uh-huh. it was showing like something from like whatever season it is where he first shows up in Breaking Bad uh-huh. and he is so young and like so much thinner yeah you know yeah uh and it's just I I kind of appreciate the fact that they're not trying to like cgi him to be younger and thinner no. and stuff you know i mean they're just like they're like look the reality is is like yeah he's like he, how much older now and you gotta suspend your your disbelief and yeah but i mean it also like it's funny because they kind of give it an in-universe in reason of like oh the bulletproof vest was like acting like almost like a, a girl if right. he was always yes. wearing it during breaking bad so maybe you know like it's still plausible yeah. <laughs> right um but they do a decent job of of making them look, you know, similar. Yeah, like it's just seeing him after just watching the episode and seeing this like little YouTube video that this guy did. Uh, just see, seeing the the young Gus from early Breaking Bad, it was just like, oh wow, yeah, he is. Yeah, he looks way different now. But same thing with Mike too when he first shows up. I mean, yeah, <laughs> obviously, I mean, even. Uh, I bet you we could look at uh, good old Saul Goodman too and see quite yeah. a difference. I mean, I've seen people online, and to to be fair, they do a really good job at making Bob Odenkirk look fairly, excuse me, fairly young-ish. Like he still has wrinkles on his face, but they give him like the full head of hair, and you know, and he's thinner. Yeah. And by the time we see him in Breaking Bad, you know, he's he's uh, meant to look like he has a comb over, but it's really just yeah. Bob Odenkirk going bald. <laughs> Yeah, and you know he, he's kind of like his a little more weight on him, and he's more jolly, if you, like a cartoon character. So yeah. I, I'm actually kind of curious of like how they're going to get from here to there. They've already started to like lessen his wig on the show so that it looks like he's losing some hair. I did notice in that scene where he was like at the picnic table at outside the mm-hmm. courthouse or whatever, mm. his hair looked very dyed. Like I don't know if. Mm-hmm. That was like an intentional, like he's clearly dying his hair thing, mm-hmm. or if it was something like just Could kind just of maybe lighting. some production stuff that was maybe a little awry. But, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, anyway, I, I noticed it during the. I meant to actually bring this up earlier when we we're talking about the uh, massage parlor. Massage parlor, and he's meeting everybody. 
uh-huh. I noticed that that's where I noticed like the hair thickness thing because mm-hmm. he like was opening the door and there's like a lot of wind and you could see oh. it like being all wispy. And I was uh-huh. like, they probably intentionally, uh, you know, allowed that to happen. Otherwise they would clamp it down. Yeah. The other thing I thought about too, is like maybe he, when he had his Hamlin hair, uh-huh. if, if maybe they, uh, like that, making the hair look dyed was kind of like this like oh he's dyed his hair back to like his more natural color oh no i i took that as him wearing a wig you think he dyed his hair for the hamlin part i don't know like I, i'm just saying like maybe like hmm. that could that could be a interesting like a, a read on it if you will you know you you have interesting theories they're not important theories we we <laughs> come here every week to hear uh, what your masterful mind has to say. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, back to the topic at hand about this montage. <laughs> we, yeah. we see Gus, uh, not only does he always wear a, a uh, bulletproof vest, but he also has a pistol, which happens to be, I, I read this, it's the same pistol that Walt buys to try and kill him. The 32 snub or whatever. Oh, interesting. There's an episode in Breaking Bad called... 32 snub right uh and he wears that around his ankle uh gus does and has to make a decision about you know do i finally take this off and he pauses and basically he's like nope i gotta keep wearing this um you know just to show he's he's always prepared and he's kind of paranoid yeah i didn't quite understand what the read was on him like taking it off but not really Uh leaving it off you know i was kind of like okay but he's just tired um, get these motherfucking pistols off my motherfucking ankle. And another point I wanted to get your your take on real quick. Okay. As we're seeing Gus's house, you know, you realize um, he's living alone. And if you remember in Breaking Bad, like he has this uh, story when he brings Walt over about his kids and wife, and like they're on a trip, and there's like kids' toys everywhere. And like pictures of them, it's like very when he cooks some dinner. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really remember that. But. Yeah, exactly, because it's super brief. And I've read, uh, at least I personally think that, you know, he never had a kid and wife, and that was like part of his front for seeming like a normal guy. For Walter in particular, maybe or maybe just, or just the general everybody. community. Yeah. Okay. Because you never see them again any other time they go into his house. Or, or any real mention of it. Do they go into his house more than like, well, there's that a, much more? There is an episode where he brings Jesse over and tries to give him dinner. And Jesse is tasked to poison him. Oh, right. I, I remember that plot point, but I don't remember it yeah. being at his house. Yeah, it was like it mirrored the Walt scene a lot, I think. Right. Um, but the... At least my read is that obviously Max was his partner who was shot in front of him by Hector, and that's why he's on this revenge kick uh, against Hector. And so I always took it to be that no, he never had a wife and kids because he lost his his partner. When you say partner, you mean like lover? Yes. Or... Well, presumably his boyfriend. Uh, okay. We don't really. They never explicitly say, but the way that he thinks about max and like talks or like looks whenever it's brought up uh-huh. and has that like monument to him in mexico yeah um there's all these these things that kind of support that whole idea that like no he never had a family right um 
And to kind of close things out, uh, as we see this this one shot descend further into the basement, um, we realize, oh, there's this this underground tunnel mm-hmm. that we realize is leading to the next door neighbor's house, which is the bike couple. Right. And we get to see a uh, what appears to be a body double. Yeah. He leaves his house uh-huh. and then passes a guy going the other way who is dressed very similarly to him. <laughs> yeah, same height and everything. Yeah, so clearly trying to be just kind of taking his place in the house as he's going over to the right. other house. So that way if anyone looks in, they see what they think is Gus. Yep. And, and, they regu- <laughs> Howard Hamlin him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, actually, I noticed something very interesting was, like, they um, they made a special point of showing Gus putting his laundry in that basket before he walks down the tunnel, which mm-hmm. was his clothing that he just took off, which I guess is supposed to, the, the body double's then going to put on. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Super oh. subtle. I didn't notice before, you know? Yeah. Um, but... Uh, we we realize once we get to the neighbor's house, the, the nosy neighbors, uh, that clearly there are people who are in on this whole thing. He's like paying them to to live in that house to make it appear as though he doesn't live there or isn't there. And we come back to that screen or that room where all those monitors are. Right. And at that point, uh, Mike has a conversation with him about the whereabouts uh, of Lalo, and it seems like Mike doesn't think Lalo is alive. Uh, because he's, he has no real proof or hasn't seen anything to indicate such. But obviously Gus has his handshake from Hector <laughs> that was very fishy yeah, and is very uh, certain and even says, no, he's alive. Right. I like it. It was a good episode. Well, that's not the end of the episode, Kyle. You're right, Tyler. There's one more scene. Well, wait, I was looking at be- you. Yeah. Before we do that last scene, uh-huh. I want to talk about those two, that couple real quick. Go right ahead. Do you think their bike ride around the neighborhood uh-huh. is part of the surveillance? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Because... I mean, I could buy that, like, they just want to ride, but that definitely I, seems like something, yeah. I, I think they're part of, like, the surveillance crew, like, overall, like... Oh, right. Maybe they are not someone who even lives there. Well... Yeah. Excuse me. I'm thinking they are the kind of, like, uh, they live there for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. but, like, part of their job is to be on this like pretend like this is their life right you know that they go on these bike rides they walk the dog that they don't have like whatever it is you know <laughs> yeah just to put up like there are people going in and the, in and out of this house it's a normal home right but my question is like I, I i agree with that but i'm wondering like do you think that that's all they've ever done like or is it really like oh we're a part of his his surveillance squad in general, like his squad in general. And now we're being told this is what we have to do. You know? Yeah, I don't, I don't, or, I don't know. Or they hired specifically for this. I, that's a good question. That's a, I, like, 
that's one of those like how would this actually work like yeah. in real life like where you <laughs> just kind of that's, like suspend that belief disbelief that's why i kind of think it would have to be someone who's already involved on the team or maybe it is just a part-time thing because mm-hmm. i can't imagine someone just giving up their life to do that <sighs> yeah but also the 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 dude henchman at the beginning he's like mrs whatever you know he <laughs> addresses her in a way that like if they mm, were just part of the crew, they wouldn't be like once they're in the crew like why would they still address them yeah, in such a way that makes sense you raise points I that I don't think of. I I don't think they're very solid, but they're <laughs> definitely they're like there are <laughs> they're points. That, they they make you kind of go hmm. So which is our job to you, dear listeners, to make you go hmm. I said uh, hmm. Uh, is the hmm directed at you? You pondering our our theories, or <laughs> hmm, I don't know if I want to listen to this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> both <laughs> but uh do you want to move on to the next scene yeah i think this is there's the ending but yeah we get uh, a pretty good shot of the office like the capital th the office starring john krasinski and steve carell that's the one. Oh my and god, you, I never would have predicted it. Cue up the music. We're going to Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Copyright, dude. Come on. Shh, shh. We, we ain't going to get flagged. <laughs> but no, uh, you know, Saul Goodman's office mm-hmm. that we see, that we first see him in Breaking Bad. In the strip he's, mall. Yeah, and he's basically showing Kim, trying to convince her, like, look, this is my office. This is like the thing that i'm I'm gonna work out of here it's gonna be great yeah and like we can't share an office anymore like the good old days but next best thing right and this is this was my biggest clue that like this wedge was getting pushed between them okay is he kind of shows it to her and she's just kind of like kind of silent and kind of like searching for something mm-hmm. like internally mm-hmm. and Bob Odenkirk gives him, uh, gives Kim the, like, the Fonzie, A kind of, like, trying to get her attention. Like, this is going to work out. It's going to be great. It's going to be good, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then she kind of capitulates. Yeah. And kind of, like, gives him all of, like, the positives about it, you know. And, you know, she's appeasing him, basically. Yeah, and that's what I can't like figure out about their dynamic at this stage is like they're simultaneously in on these schemes together and like we've said in previous episodes it sounds like oh she might be the one who's actually going going down that path more than he is but then when he is like showing her you know rightfully a a kind of uh dump (laughs) which would help even with this whole scheme or this image you know she's almost like she has a like a double take moment of you know, what are we actually... Is this what I want to be doing? Yeah, which, you know, it seems like they're both having those moments, but right. at different times. Yeah, because, like, was it the last episode that I would have... I, I was feel like... I was like, she's breaking bad. She's going to do all this shit, and she's going right. to, like, really... And Bob Odenkirk, Jimmy, is going to be, like, the one that, like, kind of, like, walks away from it or something, That's you know? thought, but... Right. But now it seems what like if... that Ooh. pendulum has turned and is like swinging back the other direction now where 
Kim is the one that looks like she wants to like get out of this. I have a bit of a theory of what we might end up seeing as a dynamic. Okay. Not to interrupt yours. I don't know if you're still. No, that was it. Um, I wonder if neither of them fully like commit to it with the knowledge that like, yeah, this is what we're doing. I wonder if they each without talking about it, they're all, they're digging each other deeper and deeper in with the assumption that, yeah, that's what you want to do. Right. So I'm going to do it. And they never actually communicate <laughs> until it's too late. And it's like, you know, this is what you wanted. No, this is what you want. Exactly. And, like, yeah. and you were the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. Yeah. Speaking of, happy May the 4th, Kyle. May the 4th be with you, sir. And with you. But it's not it's the <laughs> Revenge of the 5th, dude. Come on. You know, maybe someone's listening to this episode on May 4th, uh, 2023. No one's going to do that. <laughs> Kyle, I think after the apocalypse and, you know, there, there's only uh, the few machines left whirring, the, the few hard drives whirring on the planet, somewhere there's a speaker with our voices talking to nobody, talking to the cockroaches that survived. I'm so sorry for those cockroaches. That's, they don't speak English, Kyle. <laughs> they still know bad when they hear it. That they do. <laughs> But, I mean, that's the whole episode, though, right? That, as my last note says, Finn. Yeah. And no, you Star Wars-minded cockroaches, it is not Finn from uh, the sequel trilogy. <laughs> Different Finn. FN2187 or whatever. Yeah. No, it's the, uh, I guess, French, right? Finn is, is f- finale in French, whatever. I'm finale. French. I should know this. You should. I don't. One day, but yeah, that's well, that's the end of the episode. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of, I kind of sprinkled my uh, predictions kind of along the way. Your there. prediction do you dust. Kind of like, do you want me to kind of like wrap it up and kind of in a bow here at the end of my kind of what I think my prediction is now? Because by all I, means, because I I don't even know that I fully kind of feel the way I did after like season uh, episode two or three. Because uh, I thought for sure it was going to be Kim pushing and pushing and pushing mm-hmm. Saul, and eventually, you know, he kind of steps back from the ledge of like doing all this crazy stuff, and then Kim is just like, <laughs> or so- something like along those lines, right. Some- something that that she gets disgusted with, and then they're finally like done, and that's why you never see them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ever see Kim in Better uh, Breaking Bad? Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, like, I feel like just take everything I said and throw it out the window, like, because <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. Saul seems like he's the one that's kind of like he's now he's now the one that's kind of pushing, mm-hmm. and Kim is the one that's kind of like not really sure. Yeah, I mean, I gotta say what I what I said earlier. I th- I think it's gonna end up like that, where it's gonna be a seesaw. It's gonna be a back and forth. Yeah, and I mean that's honestly kind of like the best interpretation for oh. what we have right now. I think. And kind of unrelated to to you know their part of it, my other prediction that who knows uh, if it'll be true, but what if at some point Lalo infiltrates 
the the Mike's crew that's tailing Kim, and she doesn't pay it any attention because she's been told by Mike to ignore them. And Lalo ends up following her, and shit happens. Just saying. Just saying. I have a different theory. Oh yeah. Now that you like kind of saying that Mm -hmm. is like, what if now, because our timeline is, it's not really fuzzy, but, Mm -hmm. uh, the idea that, uh, when Walt and Jesse take, uh, Saul to the desert Mm -hmm. and he's asking, you know, did Ignacio, uh, Lalo send you? Mm -hmm. Well, like, what if we don't really see Lalo, interact with either Kim or Jimmy again for pretty much the rest of the season mm-hmm. until we potentially get past that scene in better uh, in, uh Breaking, in Bad. Breaking Bad. Maybe. I, I I could see that being the case, but that is you know only if they decide to overlap. Well I mean I think that kinda that you know gives gives water to the theory that there's going to be a time jump at some point. Because uh, a lot of people speculate that like the second half of this season might be a lot of Gene stuff and a lot of more more Breaking Bad timeline stuff. And I wonder if that's how... Because they already announced they're going to be having Walt and Jesse. I wonder if that's how they get away with like not trying to justify their age difference. If the stuff that we see that is after that event involving Lalo is late enough in the Breaking Bad timeline that you can then make it believable with uh, Aaron Paul and uh, Brian Cranston. Yeah. The only, the only problem I have with this is honestly that stupid fucking owl. The what? The, 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 the stupid owl beanie baby that has 2004 on it. Why? Because if Breaking Bad is in 2008, mm-hmm. then we have to jump four years. We have to jump. Yeah. Pretty far. Yeah. Well, I'm saying we see that scene, like, kind of play out again, or like, like we see hmm. uh, Saul get captured by mm-hmm. uh, Walter and Jesse, or, or come back from it, or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe he's like, you see him establish his his new office, yeah, and then maybe he has like another meeting with Kim, like on the bed or something. He's like, it's, it was crazy. Like these two guys grabbed me, mm-hmm. you know, like these two clients yeah. that I have now, like they brought me out to the desert. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was Lalo. I thought I was dead. Right. You know, right. Like they would have to do but, a significant time jump, uh, beyond well, that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, there'd be like two time jumps then, because I don't think they would do like Maybe. a four year <laughs> time jump and then do another jump to kind of like that end of breaking bad time frame. I don't know. I think they might, they might just go whole you, hog. I, well, do you think, do you think they give us like a montage of like, hmm. <laughs> here's the breaking bad, like the breaking bad years. <laughs> they do like almost like a, here are the wacky hijinks that Saul was up to set to you know persuasion and blue or whatever the songs are from breaking bad yeah uh, uh blue persuasion i can't remember what it was um crystal blue persuasion that's the song yeah i think that i think any of any and all of those ideas uh, are all equally plausible <laughs> given yeah, the I way mean, this show is I, done that's 
I was watching Moon Knight recently and some other Marvel shows and stuff. Like, there's so much like we know exactly what's happening in this show because in the comics it was this and this, and so like the only thing that they would likely do is make this change and make that change, and mm-hmm. then boom, bam, like Bob's your uncle, and mm-hmm. that's the finale. You know, like where this show is just kind of like we know ostensibly where these characters end up. Some but, of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like sensibly Saul like yeah. you know like we know <laughs> where he ends up somewhere along the way like we have yeah. these like you know kind of like these these checkpoints along the way where he know we know he's going to hit these points mm-hmm. and you know in better call Saul they kind of say oh well here's his life after he got out yeah you know so like they're they're putting stuff further down the line mm-hmm. for us to find out but like we know there's certain things that he that have to happen for him yeah well there are certain beats that have to happen but the question i think is will they go through the effort of showing those beats to us in this show right um like what exactly do we end up seeing in those gene (laughs) things like how much time do they actually dedicate to it because as of right now i i feel like there's maybe an episode's worth of gene stuff like basically like you mean yeah, like mm. you know, like the first couple episodes of a season, or or like those first uh, it's, snippets in yeah. a season, and then the the end season snippets or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, like I think we talked about this last week, but I, yeah, I do think they're gonna at least have a full episode. Some people speculate they might do the entirety of that second half <laughs> in that timeline, but I feel like that would be a bit much because that that requires. Uh, everything currently going on to be wrapped up within, you know, a few episodes. Yeah, how many more episodes would we have in like this <sighs> timeline? If that's the case, what do you know what the split is? Well, on the episode uh, length, like, oh, like when they take the break. Yeah, uh, I actually don't, but I want to say I saw someone mention that we had nine episodes total left. Nine episodes total yeah. left, and this was the fourth. So there's episode. there's thirteen total. Okay. Um. So do we get like a six and a seven then? Yeah. Or a seven and a six. Probably a seven and a six, I want to say. So we have three more episodes, potentially two more episodes. Yeah, but then the break isn't even that long. It's like a month and a half or something. Yeah. Which, whatever. (laughs) Right. But, yeah, that'll be... I am just totally on board for like whatever it is just give it to me (laughs) i trust that team with anything so you know i can't wait to see uh what they have in store Um, yeah i think that that's gonna bring us to the end of this here third uh los podcast hermanos episode unless you had anything else to add sir kyle the only thing I've got to add is uh, Ray Seahorn doing a bang-up job directing. I forgot to mention that. Ray Seahorn directed this episode. It was her first time directing a, a TV show. She had done some shorts uh, before, I guess. Um, and if you listen to the Insider uh, podcast, they interview her about all that stuff, and it's fascinating to hear kind of more about what the role of a director is uh, which is a little different than I think a lot of people assume it to be. Yeah, it's more like a absolutely. project manager than just worrying about the shots. Yeah, 
exactly. Uh, <laughs> the part that got me is when she said, like, you know, everyone wants a decision from you about something. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm making up the words exactly, but yeah. that was kind of the idea of what she said. And um, outside of that, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, hopefully you subscribed and stuck around if you stuck around this long. Uh, but you can also find us uh, on Twitter, uh, amongst other places. I believe my handle should be at Tyler Dumont. Wait, I thought you were Inchfizz. No, man, I've never been Inchfizz on Twitter. Okay, that's fair. I made it in 2008, the year Breaking Bad started. Uh, <laughs> it's all connected. Oh. Kyle, give me the Twitter verse with Breaking Bad. Do you have any socials you'd like to share? Social handles? Not really. Okay, I've got pretty much everything, but I don't really use anything. I'm a I'm a social media voyeur. A voyeur? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't participate, but I like to watch. I guess. Uh, you're you are a watcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you sick nasty freak. All right. Well. But- Outside of that, I, I did want to say we do have a podcast Twitter with a whopping like three followers or something. Um, me, you, and your dad. No, uh, me, you, and Keith. I want to say which Keith? Uh, Keith from Lazy Moon. Who? Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, if you want to follow us there, I believe it is at it's at Podcast Hermanos. There's no los in that one. Interesting. Um, outside of that, thank you for, uh, subscribing, listening, whatever you're doing. And, uh, if you enjoyed this, feel free to, to shout us out either there, uh, or send us something, uh, on letters at lospodcasthermanos.com. Uh, and, you know, we'll probably read it if we get any on the air. Yeah. If we get something, we'll read it. <laughs> we'll see if that even happens. Unless it's just like a thank you or something. I don't know. I'll still like, read we'll, that. We'll, we'll at least say... Hey, person who sent us that email, thanks. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, which is the second time I've said that. Outside of that, <laughs> but, there's also this other thing that you could say the, out, this, the outside of that with. I think it is time uh, for us to call it quits on this here third episode. I agree, sir. This was fun. As always. We'll do it again next week, I think. We will, and we will see you all then. Goodbye. <laughs>